Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. impact the motivation and performance of your team. The habits you lead on a daily basis are either bringing you closer to your future or moving you further away from the dreams and goals that you set for yourself. And oftentimes as leaders, we have grand, brilliant ideas that we want to implement However, our habits keep us from achieving and realizing all these goals that we set for ourselves. Welcome back to Take Your Lead podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us today once again and that you continue to be part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. I'm so excited on today's podcast episode to talk about habit formation. And I think this is very key for us as leaders, because oftentimes two things that can happen with your habits. One, you can choose your habits and evaluate and monitor them in terms of asking yourself, are they moving me in the direction of the person I want to become and the things I want to do? Or you can just leave them to chance and allow them to take place accidentally. But that's not a good place for you to be at as a leader, because as leaders, what do we do? We take charge of our personal growth, development, as well as our emotional well-being. And one of the key areas in today's podcast episode that I'd like us to look at within personal growth is that of habits. And oftentimes it is said that it takes about 21 days to form a habit, which I believe is true. But over and above that, it's not just the length of how long it takes to form a habit, but it's the caliber or the kind of habits that you want to form. So as leaders, it is very important for us to ask ourselves, how is my daily functioning moving me towards the person I want to become and the things I want to achieve? And the first step in today's podcast episode, before I give you the keystone habits and how to create good habits, which is part of what we'll talk to, I'd like you to audit your habits. Just carve out time, 15, 20, 30 minutes, just to observe your day to the minute details, to the smallest of details as to how does your cycle go about? What do you do? When you wake up first thing in the morning, what do you do? Do you jump on your phone? Yes? No? Do you have a morning routine in terms of what you do or is it haphazard uh, depending on how you feel on that particular morning? Um, after you've done that, what do you do? You prepare for work, prepare for school, clean the house, take care of the child. What is it? And I want you to begin to write it down from the morning you wake up until the last minute when you go to bed. And two things which I'd like you to focus on within that. Firstly, the morning 
ritual or your morning routine. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to intentionally carve out within the first hour. What is it that I do within my first hour of waking up? Do I brush my teeth? Do I pray if you are a person of faith? Do I read a book? Do I sit and think for a few moments? Just ask yourself and really be honest with yourself. What I've learned, in fact, my father recently taught me this, my mentor rather, as to how if in the morning you set an alarm and when it rings or goes on off, you then snooze it. You've already set yourself up for failure in the day because you failed to strengthen the muscle of discipline when your alarm went on for you to wake up and jump out of bed. And it gave me such a practical tool or skill that when the alarm rings, instead of first reaching for your phone to stop it, when it rings, step out of bed and then stop it. And that has helped me drastically. In fact, this morning as I'm recording this podcast episode, I was so tired. I slept late in the evening getting through some work that had to be done. And my mind was like, no, you can squeeze in an hour extra because you slept quite late. But I was like, nope, going to step out. And when I stepped out trying to do that, I just went on with my day and I'm feeling productive. And I know I'll be productive because small wins compound. So if you can win in the morning in terms of your sleep, it becomes easier for you to set the course of your day and it compounds. It becomes a snowball effect. So in the morning, what do you do? Three things also within that neighborhood, which I would encourage you to do. Carve out within your morning routine or morning ritual 20 minutes, firstly, just to meditate and think. If you are a person of faith, this might look like prayer to you. It might look like devotion, reading the word of God. It might look like affirmation. I don't know, but part of what I do, in fact, I take about 30 minutes just to pray wait on God, listen on God. One of the beautiful things I'm actually learning these days within the space of prayer is how it's beyond just a one-way conversation with God, but just being in a place of meditation where I'm in prayer, but within prayer, I'm just listening and I'm allowing my thoughts to flow. I'm allowing my thoughts to just flow. And as they come in whatever current they are coming, I'm not preempting them. I'm not stopping them, but I'm just allowing them. And one of the things that happens when I do that, it enables me to check the quality and purity of my thoughts. And that's so brilliant for me because it enables me to think of certain things, which might be small, but as I think for them, then Holy Spirit for us who are believers begins to give an awareness of what I need to do. And I'm loving that so much, which I think is also meditative prayer. It's, it's, it's not only petition and intercession where you're asking or you're praying for other people. There is a time and I do that quite a lot as well. But this is literally just me allowing God to process with me his thoughts for my life and for my current situation. And I'm enjoying that. And then shortly after that, I read the word of God, just confess the word of God. I love reading the book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom, and just begin to clean on that. And then shortly after that, part of what I do is my affirmations or my confessions. This is where I begin to look at myself in the mirror and begin to declare and speak certain things which I believe just to affirm myself. And one of the things I've also learned around that neighborhood is how the mind cannot differentiate between what is true and what is false. So whatever you feed it, it takes as true. And I love that because I begin to feed it in the person I want to become and who God declares that I am. And I'm loving that so much. And then the last 20 minutes, I do something that leads directly to my personal growth. Either read a book, uh, listen to a podcast, um, do something that will add to my personal and professional growth. And, and I'll talk to this maybe as I look at now, how do we practically create good habits? How do we then form 
Keystone Habits. Um, Atomic Habits, James Clear. I love very brilliant book in terms of habits and it gives you a whole world within how habits are formed and how to implement certain habits in your life. And part of the resources that are included when you buy the book is the Habits Cheat Sheet. And there he begins to mention how to create good habits and he speaks of how to break bad habits. And I just want to share four laws from there and then we will then begin to put it together with practical application. The first law that he speaks of is make it obvious. When you want to begin to form a habit or create a good habit, make it obvious. What do I mean by make it obvious? After you've done the audit, which I spoke to at the top, where you write down your current habits to become aware of them, because in psychology, we always speak of this, that the first step to recovery is awareness. You then begin to write down your current habits so that you are aware of them, which also helps you in terms of emotional intelligence and social awareness. And then you begin to use implementation intentions. What does this mean? Implementation intention says, I will, mm, and that mm speaks of the blank is behavior at a specific time at a specific location. So for example, if I want to exercise, I will exercise at five o'clock where in the lounge. And I love that because it gives me practical application. It's not just a habit that's lingering, which is a wishful thinking. It's a dream, but I've put systems in place. And that's literally the first step that you take in moving to creating the right habits. I will read six o'clock in the study room. Practical application. I will cook 6 p.m. in the evening in the kitchen. As basic as that. So you're literally putting a behavior, a time and where you will do that. And then once you've made it obvious, the other thing that you do is you use habit stacking. And I love this habit stacking because after, for example, I have exercised, after I have exercised in the morning, five o'clock in the lounge, I will then brush my teeth. That's a habit. I've already stacked a habit. So I begin to create a chain reaction or a domino effect that once I do this one habit diligently, it then trickles into the other habit. So what this does, it enables me to keep me on guard that if I do not faithfully or diligently perform the habit that I've set myself out, I then sabotage the other. And I do this, part of what I do then to make sure that it's obvious is to design the environment so that the environment is conducive for the habits that I want to live out. So make the cues of good habits to be obvious and visible. So part of them making them obvious, I've got a um, pillow which I bend on when praying or I use so I make it obvious. I see it every time I see it automatically. I know it's time for me to pray. Um, my Bible is already on the table. I loved this one. You can even use it as a book. Oftentimes when you want to cultivate a culture of reading, instead of having a closed book on the table or desk or wherever you might be placing it, have it open. What that does, it enable, it actually enables or elicits a response and eagerness to want to read and to learn. So when it's closed, it's easier for you to bypass it. But when it's open, it actually calls you. And that for me becomes a visual clue uh, that enables my habit to be obvious and visible. So number one, make it obvious. Number two, make it attractive. And I think oftentimes we dread our habits because they seem dull, dreary and boring. But you have the control as a leader to make them attractive. 
Pair your habit with an action you want to do, with an action you need to do. What do I mean by this? So, for example, uh, I need to brush my teeth before I start my day. So part of what I'll do, I need to bath. I then make it attractive in that I part of my morning routine, I it's about 50 sit-ups and about 30 push-ups before I jump into the bathtub or shower. So what that does for me, it makes it attractive because I know I cannot jump into the bath if I've not done my morning routine in terms of the exercises that I need to do. And by pairing the action that I want to do with the action I need to do, it enables me to ensure that I create a culture where my desired behavior is part of the normal routine that I have. And it also enables me to create a motivational or motivation ritual. So where I do something I enjoy immediately before I do something difficult. So I enjoy spending time with God. And once I've done that, it gives me momentum to jump into the exercise part because I would have then been open to do that. So oftentimes, if you've got a habit which feels a bit difficult for you to do, pair it with something that you enjoy doing. It will then become easier. For example, I love jogging. And part of what I do when I jog is to listen to something that enables or grows me personal and professional development. So I'm pairing my personal growth with a habit uh, in terms of what I like to do. So number one, make it obvious. Second law, make it attractive. The third law, make it easy. And this is, I cannot overemphasize this because oftentimes we want to literally start by climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Everest when you've not even literally just taken a five kilometer hike. So start as simple as you can. Reduce friction. Decrease the number of steps between you and your good habits. I know oftentimes we've got this big grandose picture of how beautiful the habit would look, but just come down and reduce the friction. Make it easy, as easy, as basic as you can. And this will enable you to prime the environment around you so that you prepare your environment to make future actions easier. Something like putting uh, aside clothes if you want to um, gym or exercise that's you priming your environment putting aside your as i mentioned that pillow that i use putting aside your um if it's earphones that you use to listen while exercising putting that aside it primes your environment and it makes it easier for you so you don't have to look for things that you might need so master the decisive moment optimize the small choices that deliver outsized impact so, and one of the things within making it easy, automate your habits, just make them a bit easier. Invest in technology and one-time purchases that lock in future behavior. Part of what I do when listening to podcast episodes, sometimes when I'm running and I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi episode, I might not have access to certain material. So part of what I do automate, I download my podcast, uh, favorite podcasts that I've subscribed to which I'd encourage you as well um, as part of Take Your Lead community to download and subscribe and rate and review our content. It makes it easier for you because once you've subscribed, it gets delivered automatically to your inbox so that when we have our latest episode, you don't have to look for it, but it's already there. So automatically it's downloaded. By the time I need it, it's pulled up automatically. So make it easy for yourself. Make it easy for yourself. And then the fourth law is make it satisfying. So number one, make it obvious. That's the first law. The second law, make it attractive. The third law, make it easy. The fourth law, make it satisfying. What do I mean by make it satisfying? Use reinforcement. Give yourself an immediate reward when you complete your habit. After you've completed your habit, just reward yourself. It might be with something small, but so that you encourage yourself that you're doing the right thing. Make doing nothing enjoyable. When avoiding a bad habit, design a way to see the benefits. 
part of what uh, James Clear also advises is use a habit tracker. Keep track of your habit streak and don't break the chain. This enables you. Part of what we have is our weekly, um, our daily planner. We have our weekly big wins, our three wins that we actually set out beginning of the week. And then towards the end of the week, we track the goals. Have we met the goals that we've set? Because you need to tie your goals with a habit so that your goals are not just aimless, but you know my habits are moving me closer to the goals that I've set for myself. Never miss twice. I know sometimes we might get tired, we might miss out once, but don't miss twice. So tell yourself, yes, I've missed out today, I slept in, it's fine, but not tomorrow again. When you forget to do a habit, make sure you get back on track immediately. And that's how you will be able to create good habits. As we bring in our plane for landing, maybe you asking yourself as a podcast listener, how do I then break a bad habit? Maybe I've been after I've done the audit, I've began to identify bad habits that I want to part ways with. Maybe unhealthy eating, maybe lack of exercise, maybe lack of diligence and follow through and implementation and monitoring. So four laws again, which is actually the inversion of the laws that I spoke to now. Make it visible. Reduce exposure. Remove the cues of your bad habits from your environment. So ask yourself, what is it that I can remove which triggers this habit in my space or in my thinking or in my behavior. And once you reduce and re the exposure to it and remove the cues of your bad habits, it becomes easier to break that habit. Secondly, make it unattractive. We said firstly in the other law, second law, make it attractive. But when you want to break a habit, make it unattractive. Reframe your mindset. Highlight the benefits of avoiding your bad habits. This will enable you to take a different route where you see that it actually doesn't serve me or serve in enabling me to become the person I want to become. Third law, make it difficult. We said in the first law of creating good habits, make it easy. But when you want to break a habit, make it difficult. Increase friction. We said when you're creating a good habit, reduce friction. But when you want to break it, increase friction. Increase the number of steps between you and the bad habits. Use a commitment device. Restrict your future choices to the ones that benefit you. This will help you a lot. And also, accountability will help you within making it difficult for you to do so, so that you have to ask for permission before doing something. And then the last law, make it unsatisfying. This will help you a great deal where there is no satisfaction in you uh, following through in that habit. So get an accountability partner, ask someone to watch your behavior, to monitor your habit tracker and create a habit contract. Make the cost of your bad habits public and painful so that if you fall prey, to a habit that you do not want to hone, you know that I'm going to have to pay for it and it might not be easy. So that will help you shy away from that bad habit. So practical steps. How do we then form habits? Number one, we make it attractive. We intentionally make it attractive. We begin to audit and look for ways that we can live out the habits that we've set for ourselves. And once you've done that, it becomes easier. It's visible. It's come to the surface. Secondly, make it attractive. Look for ways to make your habits attractive. Make it easy. Thirdly, so that it doesn't get tiresome along the way and make it satisfying. So ask yourself these questions, practical application. Think about your desired identity and ask yourself, now that I want to form these habits, who do I want to become? Who is the person that I want to become? Not what I want to get, but who do I want to become by forming these habits? Who is the type of person that could get the outcome I want? And once you begin to paint a picture of the person or the type of person that could get you the outcome you want, 
you then begin to ask yourself, what would a healthy person do? What would they do in terms of eating, exercise, thinking, etc.? You can even tailor it to your specific situation. And once you've identified what a healthy person would do, ask yourself, maybe if you want to be more productive, what would a productive person do? What this does, it enables you to then look at and figure out an individual and then begin to move towards becoming that person. If you have a specific example of a person who maybe is your mentor, your role model, someone you aspire to become and aspire to do what they do, ask yourself, what would they do? For example, let me thumbs up Oprah Winfrey. And here I am, she's my role model. And what would Oprah Winfrey do? What do I think she does? I might not have access at that level in her morning. And you begin to interpret that. So these questions will help reveal the desired identity you should be working toward and the habits that support that identity. And this is the way to determine which habit you should focus on practically in terms of applying this lesson. So ask yourself, what is it that I care about within my habits? What is it that's making me to show up for this particular habit? What do I worry about? And begin to reward these habits because what is rewarded is always repeated. And guard, again, the preceding behaviors because the preceding behaviors become ritualized. So remember, identify a specific time of day, a specific place where you will be honing or working on the habit. A uh, specific emotion, maybe, that you might even attach. It works like magic, like wonders, if you even put an emotion to it. Ask yourself, am I doing this with other people? Who are the people who are going to be part of my habit? Who need to be in the room? And once you begin to do this, I strongly believe and encourage you that you will begin to form habits that will enable you to continue to take your lead and ensure that you are taking charge of your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Thank you so much for joining us and being part of this episode. And I trust and believe that it's added value to you. We love hearing from you. If it has added value to you, please do let us know. Uh, tag us on social media handles, impact um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and, and look for us, Mzwani Lemakakula. And if myself or one of our team members are able to see it, we will repost it and we'll share it on our timeline so that we ensure that we reach more leaders and help them form the right habits. So till we meet again, remember to download the podcast episode notes, which are a great tool for application. The link is on the bio or you can head over to our website, www.mzwandilemakakula.com. So till we meet again, ensure that you are taking your lead and helping us change the world one individual at a time. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you're a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.